WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. This is WBEZ. The city of Chicago has been grappling with the influx of Latin American migrants being sent from red states. But how did we get here and what solutions might stem the tide? WBEZ's Esther Yunji Kang sat down with Juan Gonzalez. He's a senior research fellow at the Great Cities Institute at the University of Illinois, Chicago. The prominent author and journalist connects the dots of how U.S. foreign policy has contributed to the crisis here locally. In a recent speech, you said there's a link between today's migrant crisis right here in Chicago and the decades of U.S. foreign policy. Tell us what has contributed to the influx of migrants, particularly from Venezuela. Well, the influx of migrants from Venezuela to the United States is a relatively new phenomenon. There was not a major migration of Venezuelans in previous decades. It's only really happened in the last three or four years. But now Venezuelans have become the fastest growing group of the Latino community in the United States. Uh, I think the key thing that most people do not understand is that the United States has been engaged in, in essence, an economic war against Venezuela now for several years. Uh, And there were sanctions, uh, not too many under the Obama administration, but definitely under the Trump administration, and they've continued under the Biden administration. The result has been an almost complete economic collapse of the country. Besides perhaps war, it is difficult to think of a tool of foreign policy that today causes more economic and humanitarian destruction than economic sanctions. Outside of Venezuela, what U.S. foreign policies have caused migration from other countries uh, in Latin America in the past? If you look at the migrations of Latinos to the United States over the last 50 years, they come precisely from those countries that were most dominated uh, or controlled by the United States in the late 19th and early 20th century. Puerto Rico. Cuba, the Dominican Republic, uh, Mexico, uh, El Salvador, uh, Nicaragua, uh, and Honduras. Each of those countries had a long history of Americans going into their countries, investing, controlling their resources, often the United States military intervening. All of these countries suffered their resources, were in essence pillaged and brought. The wealth of their countries were brought to this country. However, at the same time, the United States sought to create a cheap labor market, not only of recruiting Mexicans and Puerto Ricans to come to work in the United States, but also many of the international companies moved workers from one uh, Caribbean or Central American country to another. So it's no accident that now the Latin Americans who suffered from these conditions are now coming increasingly to the United States. So connect the dots for us here. You know, what do these international issues have to do with the immediate challenges here at home? For example, affordable housing, better wages, or or even health care? First of all, obviously, uh, the resources of the governments, especially the local governments, to deal with this massive international flow of migrants uh, is really restricted. And so you have the uh, inability of the local governments to deal with what is essentially a federal problem. So I think that's one aspect. But the other aspect is the narrative that's created. By June 30th of this year, 
29,000 Ukrainians have come to Chicago, <laughs> have come to the Chicago area. There is no n narrative in the media that the Ukrainians are creating a crisis. Why not? Because the government is uh, quietly integrating them into the society, giving them work permits, giving them uh, 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 social benefits, and they're, in essence, melting into the U.S. population. Uh, there are more Ukrainians that have come to Chicago in the last year than Venezuelans. But somehow we see the Venezuelans in the police precincts. We see them in the shelters. We see the government claiming it has no ability to deal with them. So what's the elephant in the room there when you're saying the Ukrainians are being treated differently from Venezuelans? What's what's going on there? Why, why the difference? Well, I think there are two aspects to it. One is U.S. immigration policy has always been more political than it is humanitarian. And so there's a political need uh, to say that the, uh, mig the Ukrainian migration is not a problem. There's also a racial component. There are populists in the country, the white supremacists who have no problem bringing in more Ukrainians, but do have problems bringing in more uh, Central Americans, Venezuelans, Asians, and, and Haitians, and because they fear the demographic transformation of the country. You spoke about local resources. The migrant crisis has already been a big challenge for Mayor Brandon Johnson in his first few months in office. Given your years of reporting on urban policy, what have you noticed about his approach and, and what more can he do? Well, I think that uh, Mayor Johnson definitely has the right perspective and approach, and uh, and the words he's uttering are uh, on target in terms of being compassionate to these migrants. Unfortunately, though, I still don't understand why there are people being housed in police precincts. Even New York, which has 110,000 migrants that have come in, into the city, are, is not putting the migrants in, uh, in police precincts. Uh, they are finding a way, one way or another, to house them. So I think that his actions need to match a little bit more of his words. Resources have to be mobilized. And of course, the pressure put on Washington. Speaking of Washington, last week, President Biden expanded temporary protections, including work permits to asylum seekers. What are some other steps the federal government can take? Well, first of all, the, the government could uh, raise the cap on uh, refugee admissions into the United States, raise the cap on asylum-seeking uh, applications in the United States. And, and then also the key thing is you've got to, you, you must reshape immigration policy to allow people into the country from those countries that most are applying and not have this system that's been in place since 1965 of essentially every country in the world having the same cap in terms of numbers of people who are allowed in. That was Juan Gonzalez speaking with WBEZ's Esther Yoon-Ji Kang. This conversation is part of the Democracy Solutions Project, a collaboration among WBEZ, the Chicago Sun-Times, and the University of Chicago Center for Effective Government. We're examining the critical issues facing our democracy and the reforms needed to strengthen it in the run-up to the 2024 elections. You can learn more at wbez.org democracy. This is WBEZ.